we'd like to welcome you back to, I believe, our sixth and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 4th, 2015. And uh, I don't even know how long this study is going to end up being. Um, probably like the last mega study, I don't know, a good six hours at least. Um, <clears throat> this is from a listener. This was not, you have to understand, I save stuff. That's emailed to me about specific situations, especially if I intend or if I'm trying to compile information about a situation. I want to get a lot of different perspectives. Um, a lot of times, I have word docs on specific situations. I've got one on church wells, and this one came to me from a listener, and I'm not giving out names because I don't want to, you know, give away anything. But this one came uh, February 24th of this year. Of last year, I'm sorry, uh, 2014. And this was back then, and he says, Church of Wells, update warning. He said, Dr. Johnson, since I last contacted you, I found this website. It's therothshow.com, who have written many articles on the Church of Wells. I warned my friend, but I fear I am now, I guess he has a friend in the Church of Wells, but I fear I am, an, I am now considered an unsaved Pharisee. Isn't that ironic that Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine, and they have the audacity to come out and say that you're a Pharisee. Really? Really? Boy, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? I mean, wow. And they sit here and have the audacity to, to say to Catherine Groves' parents, you don't have any concern for her. We care for her soul. You don't. Why? Because you believe you're the only way to heaven. That's why you say that. Because you're so full of pride and arrogant garbage that you have the audacity to say that. Unbelievable. Here's one article that scared me, especially about the part about mass suicide. Yeah. Church of Wells, using hypnosis, threats, scriptures as weapons, remaking minds, hearts, and souls to their evil agenda. This was put out January 29, 2014. Now remember, like I said, the further we get into the study, the more heavy-duty the information is going to get. Okay? So, we got a little bit longer to go, and it's going to get even more heavy-duty about them. The more I dig in about the horror stories of the Church of Wells, um, oh no, the more I dig, the more I hear real horror stories regarding the Church of Wells that have nothing to do with Christianity at all. Those who have left the church and others who have visited there with hopes of talking with a family member there report all kinds of alarming statements and actions by church elders and deacons. This, this part of this uh, report is entitled Threatening Demonic and Hypnotic Behavior Observed by Witnesses. More than one member growling like a dog. One man told me he asked his identity to be withheld that when he and his wife visited Wells to try to talk to someone, to try to talk some reason into their friend to not submit to an arranged marriage, they were kicked out of the wedding. This is what happens if you try to get in there and especially, I believe, if cameras aren't rolling, you know, their, their true colors are really going to start showing. And um, they were on their best behavior for ABC, you know. But you don't have cameras rolling. You're by yourself isolated. <laughs> you know, who knows what's going to happen. So they go there to try to talk their friend into not submitting to an arranged marriage. They're kicked out of the wedding. Later that night, they report being surrounded by 8 to 10 Church of Wells guys 
and had scripture quoted at them and were glared at. One of the members growled at them like a dog. Hmm, that sounds really Christian. The next day he reported that Corey McLaughlin rode his bike to their gas station and walked inside where he and his wife were standing. He reported that Corey also growled like a dog at them. That's good. Well, I guess that same demon is in all the men and it's got them doing their little demonic growl. When confronted with his growling, Corey denied growling and said he was tired from riding his bike. Really? My source said that both episodes were clear, growling like a dog. This isn't the only person I've heard this from. I've heard this over and over about them growling like dogs. Uh, you, me- you remember when Jesus and the disciples all did that during, in, you know, Second Barnabas 9-2? Yeah, it never happened. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay because they're the only path to God. We all should admit that. And beg for repentance. Anyway, Andy and Patty Grove, the loving and concerned parents of Catherine Grove, have been called evil by the church members to their face and accused in front of their daughter Catherine that they were trying to kill Catherine. Oh, that's nice. That's not, not enough to say that they're trying to kidnap her. No, now they're trying to kill her, too. They listened in horror and watched as Catherine meekly nodded in agreement. Um, Patty reports at one point they were surrounded by church elders who put their hands to the sky and started praying a prayer that sounded more like a curse or a threat, ending with Ryan Ringnault and good old Jacob Gardner calling on God to strike Andy and Patty dead right in front of them. These are the people that were on the ABC thing, as far as I know. They just got around him and asked God to strike Andy and Patty dead right in front of them. It's their loving, Christian, wonderful, Christ-like behavior. These are Christians they're doing this to. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you devils at that church of Wells who would participate in this type of satanic behavior. May God rain down his fury on you for your wickedness and your lies. And may they all be exposed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I say to you elders. Is this how Christian leadership is supposed to act? Apparently their satanic prayers hiding behind Jesus don't work too well. Annie and Patty are still breathing air and most alive. Next report. Next next part of this report. Signs that hypnotic hypnotic and mind control are going on. Patty also reported to me that when visiting with one church member in their store and asking normal questions about his family, she's just, you know, making small talk, his eyes suddenly started twitching, glazed over, and then he started talking in a robotic, unattached way. Patty said when talking with Catherine, her daughter, um, uh, and, and trying to give her her grandpa's letter that her eyes also started twitching staring off and speaking in a robotic unattached programmed way let me tell you something these people are demon infested in this cult and when they're around anyone that would have the devil knows okay the the devil knows that any amount of time spent in 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 truth, or with somebody that truly cares about them, in compassion, he knows that might start breaking through, that mercy and compassion that they're not getting in this cult. 
All they're getting is fear. Fear they're going to burn in hell. They don't do exactly what they're told. Okay, That's what's motivating them. That's what's keeping them there. Fear. Not the love of God. The love of God has nothing to do with anything. That's not a tactic to get, to get somebody to stay in a cult. It's the fear. The fear of death and hell. The fear of losing your salvation. And when they get in anybody's presence that could maybe throw them a lifeline, I believe this demonic, these demonic entities are taking over. And they go into this robotic, demonic autopilot mode where their eyes get glazed over, their eyes start twitching, and they start talking in a robotic, unattached way. The mind control programming is kicking in. After piecing together the many accounts of witnesses, threats, growling at visitors, praying death down from the sky, using the Holy Scripture as justification, locked prayer closets, and then sudden eye-twitching and robotic talking, it is quite clear the Church of Wells is using classic mind control techniques to seek, destroy, and then build up their controllable, spiritual, worker-surf drones from scratch. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. These transformed church drones no longer have any hope except the Church of Wells leadership and their disfigured version of Jesus. There is no joy because salvation is not secure and can be taken away at any second because of their sin. There is no future, no freedom, no family members since they are all idols. To top it off and solidify the members' growing confusion and submission, there is little sleep because that is also an idol. Classic mind control. Sleep deprivation. Sleep's an idol. No, it's a mind control tool. This is some really sick, sick garbage going on down there. And we all need to pray against it in earnest. Get on our knees and pray against this garbage. This is satanic. What is going on there? And they're growing. The cherry on top is that all their possessions and money belong to church leaders who redistribute to each of them as they see fit. Now, they denied this in the ABC thing. But I don't trust a word they say. I mean, the elders have already been caught in so many lies and false prophecies. Why would I believe anything they say? Witnesses have said that now church members are being constantly flooded with martyrdom sermons. Whoa, this is where it starts getting real heavy. They are told that they will be martyred for Christ and that when the, remember what they said, that I'm going to be martyred? They are told that they will be martyred for Christ and that when the evil pressure and heat builds up big enough, they will go into one of their homes together and go up in, quote, holy fire. Are they going to light themselves on fire? Man, this is serious. The thing is, is Satan knows he can only keep this together so long. This is too radical. This cult's way too radical to sustain itself for like a hundred years. This may be like a Jim Jones thing. Now, I realize Jim Jones was CIA, mind control type garbage, but this is very similar. We need to pray to God that doesn't happen. And they've brought all this stuff on themselves anyway. All the hatred they've brought on themselves. As we've amply pointed out. 
But yet they'll say they're being persecuted for righteousness sake. Now they're training the members to expect death and be ready to follow orders. They are, they are the godly persecuted ones. Is the Jim Jones saga closer than we realize? See, this is the natural progression to a control freak cult like this. You let Satan come in and take over, what is ultimately he going to want? What does he always ultimately want? Ultimately, he wants death. He wants to get you into hell. He wants this cult to make a mockery of Christ. Church members reading this, now it's time to wake up. Whether you understand everything that is happening to you or not, get out. Even if you don't trust yourself anymore, trust me then, get out. Huh, I'd include my name in that, throw my, you know, hat in the ring. I mean, hey, I've been told that, that a lot of the, the, the uh, people listen to my teachings... I know a couple of the of the elders were were um, my listeners. I remember I remember having email correspondence with them way way in the past. I remember that. I thought they were fine. I mean, at the time they seemed fine. Yeah, they were street preaching and stuff. But I'm telling you, man, you got to really be on guard. Street preacher starts his own cult, starts his own ministry. Ooh, you better be sure that street preacher is checked his ego at the door and is operating in total humility of God. Because I don't know of a worse person to start a, a religious sect who, who would be more prone to that. I'm not saying all street preachers are bad. I'm not saying street preaching is bad. But I'm saying of all the people I have ever known, they're the ones that are the most prone to let pride get a hold of them. I've met very few that aren't full of it. Full of pride. Very few. I know I have some on my, on my email list that are not. I'm not talking to you. Okay? I'm not condemning you. But if you know other street preachers, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? Humility is key for everything as a Christian, I think. But especially for a street preacher. Lest you be lifted up with pride. And fall into the condemnation of the devil. And that pride blinds you. And you're already walking around blind and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to start my own little religious sect. And you're already full of pride and blinded. And then that sin begets more sin. It's time to leave and get back on the real track with the Lord Jesus Christ, your life and your family. Go somewhere in Wells and call the number below. Unfortunately, that number doesn't work anymore. I would go through, try to go through the heart cry ministries. Or anyone else that might be reaching out to you. God can throw you a lifeline. You know. Don't announce it. Just do it. Don't announce what you're doing. Just do it. Get out of there. Or, or if you can find your way to a phone. Call somebody that you know. And tell them. I got to get out of here. If you got to leave everything behind. Or whatever. Whatever. Get out of there like you're fleeing the gates of hell. That's my advice to you. Don't just don't announce it, just do it. Someone will get back to you and get out and get you out. Well, again, that was before the the number and the, the email don't work anymore. And again, this is a little bit dated, but still. The cult's growing. Okay? 
So I'm not assuming anything's any better in there. Things like this don't get better. If, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Okay, if it was a corrupt tree from the beginning, it's just going to bring forth more corrupt fruit. You just don't wave, wave a magic wand over a corrupt tree and, oh, wow, it's all of a sudden, it's great. It's starting to bring forth great fruit. Don't work that way. Mind control programming expert Dr. Corden Heyman gave a famous and historic speech. Hypnosis and MPD ritual abuse. MPD means multiple personality disorder. Read it and learn how your mind can be so easily manipulated and turned into something you don't recognize at all. Catherine Grove, you look at the pictures of her before she went in and then probably mere weeks later. She looks beaten down like all the women do. Beaten down and defeated. No joy of God, no joy of Christ. The men don't look like that either, but they don't look as beaten down. They probably have a little more of the pride thing going. It's it's pitiful. It's pathetic. Okay, so going further, um, this man that wrote this article, Dr. Hammond, he talks of Nazi mind control experiments with children. Experiments were designed to separate feelings and rewards, literally creating mental illness. Here, look at at the mind control techniques of the Church of Wells leadership is using on its members. Here's a list of the Church of Wells lies and distortions. Number one, salvation is not a free gift of God through Jesus Christ, where Jesus did all the work on the cross. No, that's wrong, they say. The Holy Bible says we are simply, but the Holy Bible says we are simply to repent of our sins and accept the, the gift already paid for by Jesus Christ. Salvation is not of works. Uh, Church of Wells, however, uses it, uses it as a weapon where it can never quite be attained, certainly without careful instructions of cult keepers that occur on a daily basis, essentially. They believe that a person must strive before the cross of Jesus with tears and great anguish to be saved. Um, oftentimes, they have to do this for weeks, and only by demonstrating the correct fruits of salvation can a Christian know they've truly be saved. So you got to jump through like all these hoops right from the very beginning. What does the Bible say, though? Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's funny, God saves us by his mercy, yet I see no mercy from the Church of Wells, just the way they treat other family members. There's no mercy, there's no compassion, there's really no mercy or compassion showed toward their own congregation. As far as I can see. And yet, that's how God saves us. By his mercy. And not by works of righteousness which we have done. Man, praise God for those verses. Why do people want to, why do, people want to do this? Where they're yoked up and in, in, in bondage and in constant fear of, Oh, did I lose it today? Did I gain it back? Did I, did I, did I do something to lose it? Am I... It's pitiful. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans three twenty two through 31 Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. It's by faith in Jesus Christ, not by our works. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace, through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. What a refreshing... I mean, if a Church of Wells member is listening to me now, or maybe there's a lot, I hope, I hope the whole church is. Man, don't you miss that? Before you got into this call and you believed this, I'm assuming you did. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace, the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Man, that is the good news. That is the gospel. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, meaning Jesus Christ, a substitute for our sin debt, okay, to pay the price of our sin debt. Through faith in his blood. Not faith in your own works. Faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are past. Through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. That he might be just. And a justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. God wants to justify you by your belief in Jesus. Not by your works lest any man should boast, but by your belief in Jesus, which always comes back to faith. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but of the law of faith. And what I said about faith? Always comes back to faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, or works included. You could throw works in there without the deeds of works either. He's justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles. Also seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision, meaning the Jews, by faith, and the uncircumcision by faith. Meaning we, we both get saved the same way. The Jews don't have some special get out of free card pass. Out of hell, because of their, their Jews. They don't have that. We get saved the same way. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. But see, it's the law through faith. It's through faith that we establish the law. Romans 4.2 If Abraham were justified by works... He have wear of the glory, but not before God. Abraham wasn't justified before works, by works. And if he did, he, he might have a right to, if he was literally justified before God, he was justified by his faith. Even Old Testament. Romans 5.1 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the good news for you, Church of Wells members, that you need to get back to. You are justified by faith. We have peace with God. Do you have any peace? Church of Wells members, do you have any peace? I would venture to say you probably don't have a moment's peace. Living in that kind of bondage. I feel terrible for you. Living in that kind of bondage. But see, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Here's another point about the Church of Wells. Locked prayer closets are used as classic mind control manipulation. These are places that the cult literally controls the growth of the mental illness to completely control them, telling them, quote, you get rid of yourself, your worldly desires, questions, and unbelief. When the elders finally let you out of this prayer closet, you are confused and naturally look to the elder as the Christ-given authority that rescued you and gave you relief from your own sinful condition. Man, that is sick. And you know what? I've read enough books on like Illuminati mind control and multiple personality and how they create those multiple per- MPD mind control slaves. And what they'll do, this is classic Joseph Mengele stuff from the Nazi... Uh, Hitler stuff. They did a lot of the stuff in the Nazi concentration camps. They lock them in cages, or they'll lock them in little whatever, like these prayer closets, lock them in some closed space. A lot of times, now I'm not saying they're doing this here, but in the classic mind control, they'll torture you. They'll hook electrodes up to you. They'll do all manner of things to cattle prods, and, and they'll just absolutely traumatize you. But there's different ways of trauma, obviously. And then, in the end, they let you out and give you a big hug and kiss and say, I saved you. And you are so messed up in the head. You are so messed up at this point that you look to the elders, the Christ-given authority that rescued you and gave you relief from your own sinful condition. That's how they do it in MPD. They're doing, I think, a softer version of that here. Hope, I hope they're not torturing people. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that that's what they do in MPD. This is just a a more softer approach. Sensory deprivation. Locked in in a closet. You know, I'm sure no light, no sound, no interaction for I don't know how long. I mean, this is insane. Remember in human trafficking, the pimp or the handler beats their victims down, creates submissive servants by giving a mixture of threats, compliments, rewards, and punishment all mixed up with the reality. They, they, they will beat you, rape you, and then comfort you and buy you dinner. Total head games, mind control. And this is why a lot of people never walk away. They don't walk away from abusive relationships because they've had this mind control done to them. A woman that's just truly beaten down and... To the point where, and it usually happens with women, obviously, because men can physically dominate a woman, typically. And poor things get into these relationships, and these guys just literally physically abuse them, mentally abuse them. And, <clears throat> excuse me, people ask a lot, of like, why Why did you let this go on so long? And it's all they've ever known. They've been mind-controlled. They, they've got this you know, this demonic bondage that goes along with this whole thing. They don't think they can break free. They don't think they have any place to run. Sometimes they might, may, they may not. It's, it's just evil. Another point. Every source of love and strength in your life are now idols to be shunned. This is what you're taught in the Church of Wells. These include families, careers, hopes, dreams, your ability and the right to understand the Holy Bible and the faith on your own. All of it's done uh, for you and forced upon you by the elders, and you accept whatever they say. So now every source of love and strength in your life are now idols to be shunned. No wonder everybody's so messed up in this cult. 
Next point. They steal a foundational right and dream all people have, which is to fall in love and get married. Church of Wells now, Church of Wells now chooses your spouse and marries you to someone else in the cult. Arranged marriages. Real biblical. Next point. They control all money and assets of members, then point and click them as they work as as worker bees in businesses they control and own. So I guess if, if it's a if it's the right whatever and in the benefit of the Church of Wells, they point and click you essentially as worker bees in the businesses they control and own. All money is redistribu- redistributed uh, as the elders see fit. I mean, I would imagine they have every control over every aspect of this place. Church of Wells is a growing and terminal cancer of lies and warped theology from the pit of hell. It has nothing to do with real Christianity, as Jesus Christ and the Holy Bible defines. It is simply designed to seduce naive Christians or searchers who want to get close to God and do the right thing, yet don't have a deep or rooted foundation in their faith. Once they have pulled the searcher into their... This is why there's not a lot of elderly. Because generally some of this elderly got saved when they were younger, and they, they can, they've got enough discernment in their head, to know right from wrong. I know I was more vulnerable to this when I was at that age, especially as a baby Christian. I got wrapped up in all kind of garbage, Pentecostal and, you know, all kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, so I get it. But this is why I think you don't see a lot of elderly people or even middle-aged people. Because they've been around the block enough times to, to know when, you know, something's fake and phony and counterfeit. The whole church is a bunch of young people, except for like one couple that I could see. It's really weird. I've never seen a church with that kind of demographic in my life. Again, everything's out of order. It is simply designed to seduce naive Christians or searchers who want to get close to God and do the right thing, yet don't have a deeply rooted deep or rooted foundation in their faith. Once they have pulled the searcher into their ranks, satanic weapons of war and transformation start in. Completely separate, and to completely separate the new recruit from all those who can help them and really love them. Twist the scripture to control and terrorize. Give a little hope and a lot of fear. Hold salvation out as the most unachievable goal that is only submitting to the church of wells can secure that only submitting to the Church of Wells can secure. It's the only way you're going to get saved. Total submission to the Church of Wells. Despite all of their totally demonic fruit. They're, they're, they're putting themselves out there as the only way to salvation. What sick, evil, satanic garbage. What an abomination that, quote, church is. My comment the greatest apostle that ever lived had this to say about himself. This might be something that the elders might want to consider as well. Romans 7.14 For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Carnal means of the world, of the flesh. Okay? For that which I do not allow, meaning that's something I, I, I wouldn't allow or I'd preach against, for what I would, that do I not but what I hate, that I do. In other words, here you have the greatest apostle that ever lived, Paul, saying, that which I hate, that I do. Meaning, 
He's not walking around in sinless perfection. He is willing to admit his own shortcomings. He's still struggling with the carnal flesh. Romans 7.16 then says, If I do that which I would not, I can send under the law that is good. Why? Because the law points out sin. Doesn't mean we're under the curse of the law anymore, okay, which Jesus Christ freed us from, but it also doesn't mean that that the law, meaning particularly the things where they talk about morality, is a bad thing either because it pointed out sin. Okay? Next verse, verse 17. Then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And this is, a, a, like I said, probably the greatest apostle that ever lived, after he'd been saved a long time, wrote this. Okay? In me dwelleth no good thing. Now, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about in his flesh. For to will is present with me. In other words, I want to do the right thing, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. Meaning the good that I should do, I don't do. But the evil which I would not, that I do. So the evil that I don't want to do, that's the thing I do. Now, it's not like he was walking around all the time, sinning like crazy or whatever, but he's talking about, you know, this battle of, of, of the flesh, of the spirit against the flesh, that, that takes place even after you're saved. And admitting to this, Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, that doesn't give us a free pass to just go out and do whatever we want and sin like the devil. I mean, we're not to use our liberty as an occasion of the flesh. But he's trying to explain a concept here, you know, uh, about the, the, the warring of the flesh and the spirit. But I see another member, another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. Then he says in verse 724, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? What was he doing himself? What was he doing there? Humbling himself. Admitting, even after he was saved, he still struggled with sin. O wretched man that I am. Greatest apostle that most likely ever lived. I mean, everybody can have their opinions, but he was right up there. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? That's what he thought about himself. Listen, I can identify with that verse about as much as any verse in the Bible. You know? I don't know about you, but I can really identify with that one. Oh, yeah. I thank God, last verse, I thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord... So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. It's, the, it's a constant struggle you're going to have until the day you die. And th- th- there's that analogy said, well, if you got two dogs, one's a good dog, one's a bad dog. Which one, and they get in a fight, which one wins? Well, which, whenever you feed the most. So if you're feeding the good dog, let's say the, the and I don't want to compare a dog to a Holy Spirit, but I mean, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Okay, your reborn spirit. Holy Spirit lives inside you. If you're feeding that side of the equation with the Word of God, the King James Bible, and, and uh, spiritual songs, and righteous living, and, you know, um, prayer, 
and these types of things. The, the, the good, the good side, the, the, the Holy Spirit, you're literally feeding your reborn spirit. You're strengthening the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. So that you'll be able to resist the sin that will inevitably t- tempt you. And remember, Jesus always likes to hit you when you're down and get you at your weakest moment too. So that's just a concept that kind of lines up with that. So now let's go further. And um, I think we're coming to the end here. Yeah, not too far. This is again from the same listener that wrote me the, the email before. This is a little bit later. Um, this is from February 25th, 2014. He said, Dr. Johnson, the more I pray and look, the more this looks like a professional agenda specific to a satanic coven. Before I spoke to my friend in the Church of Wells, he had been instructed to set up a Facebook account to keep in contact with his new brothers from the Wells Church. He had three friends, uh, one was his wife, and the two others were Church of Wells cult members. After warning him, I guess after after some times went by, now he has 32 friends and 30 of them are Wells Church members. I believe that once you become, you start to get into this group, the whole church is instructed to work on you. Not just the elders, because they can't do it all, but all the other members, in some way, shape, probably the women are more to work on the, maybe if they're married, work on the spouse, and the men are to work on the men, and they're to bring you into this group think, this mass hive mind drone mind control program that they're all under. Okay? That's what their programming tells them to do. He goes on to say, I'm no expert, but after seeing how unbelievably mind controlled and programmed my friend was, and just from Skyping and watching their evil stuff, after reading and listening and watching their videos myself from off their own website. So this is a guy that really went up there and, and researched this in depth. All I can say is that they are not just some low level satanic grotto. A satanic grotto would be like a satanic, um, like a, like a coven type of thing. They're not just some low-level satanic grotto or disillusioned heretics, but seem to be a highly organized and technological cult who are versed in some form of subliminal and hypnotic techniques that can be used via audio and video. Wow. Wow. Now, remember what I said, that we're going to progress in this study. I wouldn't have wanted to have read that right off the bat, what I just read. You know, there would have been too much to take in without a whole lot of upfront proof and verification, which is what I think I've just done for the last, I don't know, two plus hours that we've spent on this. That's what he's saying. I'm not saying that's true. I don't know. But that's what his his conclusion, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I find it interesting to note that if they targeted the emerging church, they would have thousands of willing victims. And yet they are targeting true KJV reading believers. Well, the true, the, the emerging church, they're already in Satan's camp. Okay? Who would Satan want to really go after? Well, KJV, non-501c3, Christians. That would be, a, I think, a big target on his list. Somebody that has that type of concept. They're targeting true KJV reading believers who are not happy with a postmodern church. 
which is one of the only real groups of young Christians today who have no shepherd or church, as most are, are compromised. When he says that, he means that the other ones in like the emerging church or lukewarm churches, they do have a shepherd. He may be a false shepherd. But this is a group that's seeking a shepherd. I mean, I get this all the time from my listeners. Where do I go? What do I do? And I don't have a good answer for that. You know? I, I really don't. I, I don't have an answer. I don't have a network. You know? And, and so many times, with this movement, the problem you run into, which is exactly the problem that we're talking about today, is that if somebody does start a church, unless the pastor is truly a real pastor, was truly called, and I would say, uh, you know, you, listen, there's something to be said for age. There's something to be said for for an elder, or a true elder, being a pastor of a church, okay? Been there, done it, seen the devices of Satan, not going to get snared, that type of thing, okay? Here's the evidence, here's when you have three novices starting a church up, full of pride. Here's what happens, okay? There's, I don't have a network that I can really refer to, you know? And it's sad. And I wish I had a better answer. But this sure isn't the answer. But what will, what will tend to happen with a, like somebody that has a really good comprehension of all the stuff we talk about. KJV. Non-501c3. Not yoked up with the government. Knowing about the FEMA clergy response teams. You know, knowing about, you know, all of the wicked devices of Satan in the church. You could go on and on and on and on. So many of the topics we cover. The problem you run into with that type of knowledge base is not letting pride enter in and totally destroy you. And then Satan using you to destroy other people. That is unfortunately what has happened here. Okay? I don't call myself a pastor. All I call myself is a watchman and and a teacher. And and I don't think that I'm... uh, I I know I'm not biblically qualified to be a pastor. I'm I'm not married. Okay, so that by itself disqualifies me from that. But I'm not called to it. You know? And and um, it's just not my calling. I sure wouldn't even think about that calling. And here you got a group of 20-year-olds, I mean, basically starting their own cult. I'm like, you know, 45. I wouldn't even think about doing what they're doing. And then you look at the fruit of what it's produced there. So, going further, uh, he says, the, the use of God's word as a powerful witchcraft weapon is truly disturbing. Meaning, they're twisting God's word in order to accomplish a satanic agenda of mind control. And we've, we've seen that today, amply demonstrated, I, I hope. And the more I pray into this group, the darker it gets. I hit a wall when I pray regarding them, and the light shows a little, but and so on. Meaning he feels like he's running up against walls when he prays about them. And that's why I want my listeners to pray about this. Because these people will not get their eyes open without prayer. I mean, I know God can intervene. And I should have done the study a long time ago, so pe- more people would be aware of it. My listeners. And I apologize for that. 
Um, doing the study now, I realize how important it is, but, you know, stuff gets put on the back burner, and it gets put there, and then I got all these current events flying at me, and, and this one really got put on the back burner a long, long time, unfortunately. Um, but, then he goes on to say, but I have to ask the question, how did these three boys become so good at mind control, and where and how did they learn these powerful techniques of presenting such a good and sincere front that makes us not notice them as anything but overzealots. They're good at what they do. I'll give them that, man. But, and I don't mean that in a complimentary way. They're scary good at this. Then he goes on to say, watch out, Wells, Texas. I would wager they're taking over that town and now they're going to go international. And again, I just looked at their website today and they had a ton more people. In the old cult. And then he said, uh, then P.S., on YouTube, I watched them baptize the missing girl, Catherine Grove. They actually married her to Christ. It is very disturbing to watch. And there was some form of hand gesturing that disturbed me. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I listen, I wouldn't be surprised at all what they could potentially be involved in. There's not a whole lot that would surprise me about them. He said the name of the video is called The Testimony of Salvation and Baptism of Catherine Grove. Listen, if you go up to there and you start watching any of their videos, please, please, please pray before you do this. Because the last thing I need is any of, my, uh, any of my other listeners getting sucked up into this. I don't condone this a bit. You know where I stand. And, I, and I, like I said, I, I, I said that to the Lord earlier in front of, uh, on an audio version, in front of you know those elders, their church, my listeners... You know, if if me doing this, exposing them, if 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 this is an unrighteous thing, if I am if I am doing the work of saying, God strike me dead tonight, I meant it. I mean it right now, because uh, if if I'm wrong about this, I am the most delusional, wretched man on the planet. So that's how serious I'm taking it, and. Um, Let's go further. Here's a link to the site called Pray for Catherine Grove, set up by her parents. Somebody sent them this photo below and has been threatening them. I don't know what that's about. I must have, the photo must have got deleted. But anyway, it's still up. The Facebook for Catherine Grove. Um, here's the comment. This, this one was just posted. I got it today. It was from 19 hours ago. And I think it's from her mom and dad, the people that we heard in the ABC thing. That's just pitiful. Lord have mercy. It's just so cruel. This is so cruel and merciless. And so not, there's no compassion. Again, I don't know how these people, these elders can sleep at night. But it was real evident by the way they acted in the videos that they didn't, it's like their conscience is seared with a hot iron, it looks like. It's like they don't care. Whatever, you're just an unsaved devil, and I'm saved. And you're just of the devil, so I don't need to even look or listen or have any compassion on you at all. Wow. Man, I'm not made that way. I, I can't do that. I, <laughs> whew. Now, I'm not saying that because I think, I mean, I think as the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I mean, it's, it's not going to let me get away with that kind of stuff. I feel terrible. I guarantee you, the, the vast majority of my listeners would absolutely feel terrible 
about treating people this way. I hope all of them. I'm not saying I'm something special. I'm saying we all should or would. Pray for Catherine Grove. This is from the Facebook page from today, or 19 hours ago at the time I put it up here. It's, it seems or appears, it feels like we are still in a grieving stage. It never stops. How long? It still seems impossible, unbelievable, that our entire immediate and extended family has lost all communication and contact with our precious daughter and Catherine over a year and a half now. So here's a year and a half later. Okay? When you saw those videos, that was more, way more newer. Okay? Here, a year and a half later, still going on. Um, a new year has come and passed. Just deafening silence. Why? We keep waiting and praying and waiting with deep, saddened hearts. We love Catherine so much. Our hearts... It's terrible. I, I mean, I cry. I cry for him. I, I feel terrible about this. Our hearts continue to cry. Yeah, you know what? That really sounds like somebody that's a Satanist. Or somebody that wants her soul to go to hell. You know? Really does. That's, that's the mark of a Satanist. It's terrible. There's no compassion. Lord have mercy. If you're listening to this, please come out. Please, I am begging you in the name of Jesus Christ. Reach out. God will throw you a lifeline. Email somebody. Call somebody. Get out of there. Lord have mercy. Oh, some of us. One of the most pitiful studies I've ever done. Oh. Then she said, this was on December 29th, the post, you know, another post. She said, believing by faith every day, every night, every moment, even as the silence continues. Thank you. I mean, I can't imagine. If this was my daughter, I cannot even imagine the agony. The agony of what they must be going through. Thank you beyond measure for everyone's continued prayers. Psalm 147, 3 and 4. And I know this isn't KJV, but he it says he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Why would an unsaved person post that? No, they're the saved ones. You know? but being labeled as devils and that they have no love for her. How dare you say that about her parents? They're a hundred, a thousand times the Christians that you will ever be, you elders. You uncompassionate, unmerciful, unrepentant, full of pride elders and whoever else is perpetuating this. These other men that are helping to perpetuate this. Because I'm not just giving the deacons or or the other men a pass on this, or whoever's helping doing this. Well, that's all I got. I hope and I pray to God that this makes a difference. That's all I can really do. And that we get on our knees and we pray about this. You know? Um, Because God, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ can straighten all this out. He created the universe. 
I don't care how many devils or demons or evil entities are operating or emanating through this Church of Wells, through their leadership. It doesn't matter. God's, God's greater. So I'll go ahead and end this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, this time you've given us. I thank you, God, that you let us come together again. Do this teaching, Lord. I apologize, God, I didn't do this sooner. I was slack uh, in my obligation to do this. Uh, I feel like I have a special obligation here. And um, I just pray, God, that you use this, this uh, what I believe to be truth that we looked at today, Lord. You said in your word out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established, and we've heard it from Many, many, many people, Lord, saying basically the same thing, just with different takes on it. That there is a lot of evil going on there. And it is not of God. It is not Christ-like. There is no mercy. There is no compassion. There is only bondage. And some types of type of work works-based cult, what it's turned into to get yourself to heaven. I just pray, God... You give those people eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. That you break every satanic bondage off them. Take the scales from their eyes, Lord. Help them, Lord. Connect them with their families or whoever they need to be connected with in order to to break free, Lord. Open the doors, Lord, no man can shut. And shut the doors no man can open. And, and, And every plan of the enemy, God, every plan of Satan that he'd have to to try to hinder this prayer, you know, I, I pray you destroy those plans. Every devil, demon, evil entity, fallen angel, or fallen chair that would try to hinder this prayer in any way, shape, or form, that they be bound up and rebuked and cast into the abyss, until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire, and that none would be able to come to take their place. I pray, God, you dispatch angels to these people, to their families, and um, for divine intervention, Lord God, for divine deliverance, And that nothing would stop it, Lord. Nothing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ be over these people, over that whole area where they're living, that compound. Your angels would encamp around about them, Lord God. And go before them to prepare the way, the ones that that need to be delivered, Lord. And, And whoever, Lord, needs rebuked in that cult, these these elders, and whoever else, Lord God, is responsible for this evil, satanic behavior. I pray if it be possible, God, you save their souls. But if not, God, I pray to God you deal with them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray to God you deal with them, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of His doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in Him, and all the upright in heart would glory. Please, God, I'm begging you, deal with them. Release them from this bondage. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we have committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. Pray all this be done, Lord God, for the sake of the souls that need to be saved, that you would also... Mend the damage that the Church of Wells has done to the cause of righteousness, to the cause of truth, to to any 
blemish they have put upon the true remnant body of Christ. I pray to God that you remove that. That you save those people in the town of Wells, Texas, Lord. That you reverse this whole situation. That people, many, many people get saved. That they see your compassion and your love and um, this whole terrible thing is erased. We ask all these things, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.